listening to Inclusive AF with Jackie Clayton and Katie Van Horn. Good morning. Uh, this is Katie Van Horn. And this is Jackie Clayton. And this is the Inclusive AF podcast. Um, happy Wednesday. I don't know when people actually listen to this, but usually it pops on Wednesday. So we'll just say happy Wednesday to everyone. Um, how are you this morning, Jackie? I'm like holidayed out. Like, I don't understand. I just need a pause button on life. <laughs> yeah, it's that time of year. Yeah. It's really fun because everyone in, you know, under the sun has parties and different things going on. So it just, it does make it uh, really interesting. But um, yeah, I agree with you. I think I just need a pause button. Yeah. Slow it all oh, down. We're all good. Oh, we're all good, you know? Thing. But I also Thanks think it's the fact that 2023 is in like five minutes. So like, and I have no soup spoons. Like, I don't even know how I made it this far. Like, that's how I feel right now in my life. Like, we're approaching these. We're so close. Yes. It's funny that you mentioned soup spoons because I just had my annual holiday party at the house and I made white chicken chili. So I had to have my soup spoons out. So if you want me to send them over to you, I can. Yeah, that would be great. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, well, enough about us. <laughs> um, we would love to share uh, that we are. We have a great guest this morning. Amy Sperling is with us from Compt. And Amy, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. We would love for you to introduce yourself and share a little about who you are with our guests. Sure. Thanks so much for having me today. Super excited about this. So as you know, Katie mentioned, my name is Amy. I'm the CEO and founder at Comps. Our entire platform is really looking about at how you make compensation more inclusive. Hence, you know, we thought we'd it'd be great to chat with you folks because you have some opinions on that. Uh, and looking at how you really be you take employee perks in particular as um, a competitive piece of compensation and make it to where it can reach more people. So that's what we've been focused on. I've been in tech for 20 years. I was a CFO for you know three different companies. So I've got the finance side and I got the people side. And so this company is kind of marrying those together. That's kind of cool. I, I love, you know, I'm glad that you said that about bringing those things together. I think there's like so much confusion um, about around that. And I forget sometimes I forget to tell people about benefits until like we're hanging up the phone and then they're like, oh, I didn't know that. We, you know, I would have accepted the offer two weeks ago if I knew. Right. I mean, it's a big piece of compensation. And so it's and it's one that uh, as we get into more pay transparency laws can also be a uh, uh, a nasty little hidden place that companies are competing. And so, because that doesn't have to be transparent. So there's a lot of things, you know, moving in the benefit space right now. Why did I not even think about that until like, because you're a good person and you're not thinking of all the <laughs> horrible ways people can do things. <laughs> so, you're right. Um, so I want to ask, so tell us a little bit about like, what are some of the perks, some of the things that you offer? Is it, it obviously there seems like there might be some cash uh, that maybe is a, an option or maybe not. Um, but what are some of the perks that are offered on your platform? Sure. So cash isn't actually an option um, because every single employee, if you ask them, do they want more cash or do they want perks? 100% of people will say cash. I would say cash, but it doesn't retain employees and it doesn't attract new employees. So it's basically lighting money on fire. So the way our platform works is that employees are given a sandbox by the company. Do they want to support wellness or family? Like these big, broad kind of themes. But then an employee can spend wherever they want. So there's no vendors. We're not locking people into, hey, it's wellness. So there's, you know, five different gyms to choose from. Maybe wellness doesn't mean a gym to you. doesn't mean a gym to me. And so it's allowing employees to be in charge of their own kind of destiny. And it can be 100% personalized per person. So... To give you an example on that, I, I have a quiz for you. Uh, so we looked at 8,700 of our users last year. We took a sample and said, all right, we had over 90% utilization, super high utilization of perks. And we looked at how many different vendors they used in 12 months. Guess how many different vendors 8,700 people used in 12 months? Because that's how you get to personalization. Oh, 
I don't know if I should go high or low on this. I know. I was like 12. So I'm thinking like low, like it's a trick question, but then I'm thinking if it's 8,700 people, um, I'm going to go with a hundred. 27,000. No. 27,000. That's what personalization looks like. Every person on average wants three different things. And so if you're going to actually meet people's needs, there's no way to do that with, hey, here's 20 things you can choose from because it's absolutely not possible to reach everybody in that way. Oh, that's way cool because like I was thinking of this as more of a, and I'm sure you both have seen this, like, you know, when they used to send out like the magazine and you like got okay. a certain amount of points. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, you can get a set of luggage. The knife set. Yeah. Or a, a knife yeah. Set. A pin with the company logo on it. Some Woo. soup spoons. Damn <laughs> it. <laughs> it all comes back to soup spoons. It does. <laughs> but I, I have a question because this is what I get nervous about. Like this happened the other day. So someone was like, oh, I bought a ring light. Yep. Let me, you know, expense it. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. And then finance came back, was like, we give monthly stipends for blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah, but he didn't know he was going to need a ring light, you know, towards the end. So I get really nervous, you know, maybe I'm a control freak, but I'm like, how do people know what they need? Does well, it change or? Yeah, well, and it does. It allows for that flexibility. So it, this is where you marry that HR and finance piece. Finance wants to know the numbers. How much are we spending over what time period? You know, they, they're looking to HR to figure out what that sandbox looks like. So where this gets really fantastic for inclusivity is finance can set their budget. You have X dollars per year to spend on technology. You may need to upgrade your home office, whatever the number is, 500, 200, whatever instead of having to go person by person to see who has needs and am I, is that manager approving too much and is this manager not approving enough it puts it in the employee's control to decide what they need and if they don't use it they don't use it but instead of a manager you always have the managers that approve everything and then you have the people who ask for nothing but are really struggling to get their needs met so instead of just you know greasing that squeaky wheel this actually makes it to where everybody has equal access which changes the game and keeps finance out of it. Finance has already set their budget controls. This allows employees to have a lot more freedom um, and benefits more of the team. So is it something that like I, as a manager can say, oh, you get $100, you get $25, you get $50, or is it a flat, everybody gets the same? It depends. So it can be set up to where there's different eligibility. Some companies will do different amounts for part time versus full time, this location, that location, this country, that country. That's a big one. Um, so there can be and it can be more than two groups. It's not a this versus that necessarily. But then there's and that could be like everybody in a defined group gets the same thing. This helps keep, you know, kind of departmental labor regulations. You're not picking and choosing who gets and who does not. Um, and so staying away from some discrimination practices. But then you can also give managers budgets so that they can spot bonus their team members as well. So you can say, hey, marketing leader, you have X dollars to recognize your team or to, to manage things. So it gives both kind of aspects. Awesome. And I think that would also help. You know, I think one of the pieces that I think, I, I, you know, being in HR for as long as I have, I think one of the things that I'm noticing is like the education reimbursement mm. to your point on people asking or not asking, you know, yeah. you have some folks that are getting the, you know, what, I don't even know if it's still the same, not like 5250 or whatever the federal yeah. allowances per employee. Um, and then it's like, okay, but what about the other folks that aren't asking, but want to right. go to a conference or want to take one class and, right. and I always, I, I've worked in places that's like, oh, you have to show your score for the class afterwards and all these other things and um you know i i think it just it, like i just jackie knows this i just bought master class nice I, like that alone i'm like oh that's so awesome and i just did it for myself um and like the amount of like information that's on there that you can access on you know right. any time of day is just really really cool and i was thinking how great would this be to get four employees as a development type right. I, mean, I, was, I was reading about murder profilers yesterday i don't think that would be something <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> <it's> know, whatever 
it's interesting because we actually masterclass happens to be one of our customers so oh. they obviously use their own platform for themselves yeah. but they're also using something like this because you need to broaden how you support folks and what we see professional development stipends are the least and just professional development in general is like the least utilized perk out there mm, commuter benefits that's the least second least would be professional development yeah. what happens is like a lot of it goes tuition reimbursement well what if you don't need a graduate degree what if you don't want a graduate degree what if you're at a different stage of career or whatever you can actually do smaller dollars and get people to really engage and it creates some really interesting moments with managers to work on kind of the more the baby steps on the professional development using something like masterclass or having them get books or do things that aren't necessarily as expensive as the 5000 plus a year you can do a lot with a lot less money and get people to really engage well i think yeah for that i'm thinking like the microsoft certifications are one that you know right. a great one that i've seen a lot of engineers use and right right now i have some electrical engineers some electricians that are doing you know, specific certifications that are great for their toolkit and for us, right. you know, but it's also like, how does that apply? And, you know, that would be just a great thing to be thinking about. So exactly. Yeah. Awesome. We had a question like, <laughs> so when a, an organization, like in a program like this, and I guess this is, is, is really your company. I don't know if anybody else who does it in the quite in the same way, but what about the privacy pieces where it's like mm. what if i want to have like like i need to i'm i'm an alcoholic i don't want anybody to know mm. i need to have this wellness in order to do those things i don't want that information to go back to my organization so how do you protect that do we just do the money and we don't look at it ever again from a HR That's interesting. I think there's uh, a couple of different ways HR approaches it. One, if there's things that can go through your health insurance, that should be your first line of defense. And we would say the same thing. So if there's something that's covered by health insurance, one, that it doesn't have to be taxed. And two, I mean, they've got tons of layers of keeping it away from a company. What we find with things like this is one, it tends to be smaller dollars for an employee. So you're talking on average 1200 bucks per employee per year. So it's not as and there's a lot of variability in that uh, so it's not that um we, we don't find that most people are going to put in super super sensitive hey i went to this type of doctor because that's going to go through their health insurance what we do find is that some folks will have like some companies for wellness because it's taxable through this type of a stipend may say hey you know upload a picture of something that makes you happy like we'll we'll just ignore the receipts on anything wellness related we don't find most people are uploading things that are specific and medical with this type of a program though because it sits kind of beside medical well you say medical but i'm talking about like a wilderness retreat in hmm. like the cabo mountains where i just like have this introspective healing moment you know like sure. I think that for for me Vegas counts as wellness. I think sometimes. Yeah. I, I mean, as, <laughs> as an organization, the Inclusive right. Asia podcast would need to spend about five thousand right. per year on right. trips to Cabo. How and you know, I like ski, and Katie likes warmth. Like, how do we yep. say? Yeah. Well, it depends on the company and depends on the organization and their philosophy. Some folks are, you know, pretty wide open on what wellness means. And, you know, something like if Vegas is good for your mental health, I honestly, I, I think it, that'd be a struggle for most HR leaders to say, hey, go to Vegas on your wellness <laughs> stipend. But they're likely to include other things in a wellness stipend. So things like financial wellness, pets, maybe, uh, you know, family would be in part of that. So including things like that versus it being, hey, personal travel, go wherever you want. So they usually put a little bit of guardrails. This isn't meant to be a free-for-all. Otherwise, it's going to be a free-for-all. Just put money on a paycheck. Tax well, and that's, what I, that's what I was wondering. I mean, and because some of the things, and that's the part where it's like, <laughs> if I was Katie's um, boss, mm -hmm. I would be concerned about the pet stipend. And the more I saw Katie spend on the pet stipend, I would be concerned about so bosses about their don't personal see them. wellness. Yeah, this yeah, doesn't go to the, the boss thing. level. Like boss is not yeah, reviewing. Got it's it. HR only is who the reviewer is because it's going up to basically do a culture sanity check of does this align with the category we selected? And if as a company we decided pets is okay, then anything Katie selects for spends on for her pets, that's okay. Her manager's not going to have any idea what she's spending on though. 
Yeah, Jackie. So I can- Well, I mean, when I say boss, I am HR. So you're saying trust HR? Well, I should never be Katie's boss, basically. So, but you probably wouldn't select the pets category if that was something that you didn't want to align to. So it's really aligning it with what your cultural values are and what you want to focus on. So you so, can, like, you're like, when you're saying, yeah. okay, these are all the categories, let's make sure our- but okay, understanding. See, I'm not, you know, I'm drinking soda in the morning and the caffeine has not fully hit. <laughs> so that makes sense yeah. of having that because that is what kind of how I started. Like my biggest fear is that we're giving people options, but they aren't selecting it for their own personal wellness. Then later having someone come back and say, I need this for my personal wellness. And it's like, oh, well, you used it all on. Yep. You used it all. That's you know, the answer. That's your answer, though, is, you know, we're not doing one offs anymore. We've provided something for everyone. We treat everyone like adults. It's on you to manage that. So allowing for that um, inclusivity to where everybody has the ability to use it in a way that matters to them, but also keeping you from having to do those one off conversations where it's like you're approved, you're not like taking HR out of that parental role of you know, deciding who gets what allowance. I hate the term allowance. I hate it so much. I'd like it to go away. Like we're all adults here. We're not five-year-olds who made our bed. I, I love this. And I, I'm just looking at your website and I love some of the things like when, when you, now, obviously you just mentioned that like companies can decide mm -hmm. what are the categories or whatever. Yep. What is the, like, what are the things that people are using this for? Like, what is the most used? Is it like fitness? Is it learning what sure. are the the categories that pop the most in organizations so we see this we see we've seen a couple of trends so at the beginning of covid we saw a lot of remote work stipends where everybody was like go home here's an amount of money i don't want to figure out your desk your chair your monitor situation but here's an amount of money and go do what you need to do and we're pay we're spending the same on everybody so we saw that at the beginning of covid we then saw a year and a half, two years in wellness went right to the top when everybody is like, oh my gosh, my people really need help with mental health, physical health, all the things. That one stayed consistently, like companies tend to focus on wellness. Um, but this year we've seen a huge rise in out-of-state care stipends. So where companies who have people, particularly in Southern states where the laws have changed, who need access to, to care, this is a way for companies to say, hey, here's a stipend if you need it, here are some parameters, but here's how we do this in a way that walks a very fine line uh, between, you know, documentation or not. Um, with a lot of this, you don't want to document things and how you get folks access to be able to leave their home state to be able to get the medical care that they may need. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transformed where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcast, and now available on YouTube. Interesting. We I give a, a stipend just to get the hell out of whatever state that you're in, <laughs> which I found was really interesting. I think they did that for me. I think they were like, are you going to leave Texas? Are you moving out of Texas? Oh, no, but thank you. I do have the ability. Um, that's interesting, though, like on the the like I was just thinking about, <clears throat> you know, some of the HR tools that we see when we go to conferences, uh, you know, mental health, obviously, yes, has been a, a major topic. And, and something that we've seen a lot more development in those platforms, those apps, that type of thing. Are you, is it something that you combine it with benefits? So for example, you know, there's, um, I'm trying to think of the, the mental health, like the, that's an app that you can, you know, look up a doctor and get an appointment that day. Mm. And like, is that something that do you combine it with the benefits that they like that you have offered as an HR team, or is this truly completely separate and there's no don't act like kind of a don't ask, don't tell situation going on? 
Um, I don't know if I'm asking that correctly. I, no, I think I, I think I follow. Okay. The, okay, it depends. Different organizations do different things. So some will have some sort of an agreement with, you know, like a Headspace or a Calm, you know, something like that, a meditation app. They may have that, but you typically find pretty low utilization across the team. So what we see a lot of companies doing is saying, look, we want to support your wellness and they'll put out some, you know, verbiage around it. We want to support your mental health, your physical health, your financial health, your family health, your whatever. Uh, and then allow, you know, they may make suggestions, but they don't sign up contracts necessarily with those companies because especially in this financial environment, signing up for each individual thing is very expensive versus mm -hmm. saying, hey, we support it. You're an adult, you know what you want to use. We're just here to support whatever it is you're spending on. So go do, if you want to see, you know, a professional, if you want to get an app, if you want to do whatever, cool, we'll support that um, and we can we can pay for it. And what is the average spend per head? Like, is there an average? I mean, obviously, I'm sure that, you know, companies that have a bigger budget for said things probably have more money, but what's, is there an average that most companies? Right now, the average is about $1,200 per year, so about $100 per employee per month. But I will say that there is a very wide variability in that. We see as low as $200 a year getting very good utilization. And there's no correlation to between big company, big or small budget, small company, big or small budget. There's also no correlation between utilization and budget size. Big budgets don't get better utilization. Small budgets don't get worse utilization. It's really about the flexibility. And so when we work with companies, we're helping them design, regardless of what your budget is, we can design a program that's going to get you that, you know, 80 to 90% utilization across the team. And so it's much more about the flexibility and how you design it for the team than it is saying, hey, spend lots and lots of money. That's how you do this. More money doesn't equal more utilization. Interesting. And so have from a demographics perspective, are you tracking who's using what and what i mean by that is like are you tracking by gender or by mm. race and ethnicity just to see what utilization is for different things or or could you provide obviously an aggregate um that type of reporting for a company so we are the antithesis of the the big data company and that we're all a little creeped out by how much data people are collecting on us uh and so the way we work is that companies include the data they want to include and it's usually i mean it's always name and email address and company id obviously because you got to pay people but sometimes they include they almost never include gender they might include location, department, tenure, things like that. So all of that we have access to and we can report on. Country obviously is included as well because um, this works globally. Uh, but we're not taking extra data from employees or looking at those pieces and trying to draw correlations because both HR employees and ourselves are pretty sensitive to what is being collected on people and and where does that data go and to what purpose like so right. we're we're pretty skeptical of that too okay i need it i i i'm <laughs> looking at those things i want to know because the the challenge is always looking at people like but like, like it's hard to get like our sales teams are always like selling stuff it's hard mm -hmm. to get them to go to anywhere for anything mm -hmm. right and then you have various levels of like the first stage or second stage or any of the support roles i would want to know if it's being those are the ones that we don't usually support yeah. as well because you don't hear from as much because they right. work so hard and so right it's hard so to tell if it's working I would want to know if it's working for various groups or else I couldn't tell yep. if it was being very inclusive. I guess, you know. But you can include that data. You can include it any data you want. We're just not telling you you have to include it. And I so, can tie it up, integrate it with my... HRAS, payroll system, all of that is we've got integrations with everything. We just wait for you to tell us what you want to include because we're not grabby hands with your data. The other piece that you'll see is, I mean, we have on average for the last three years, 91% utilization. So pretty much your whole team's going to use this. Mm -hmm. um, now, how you kind of look at it and you look at different teams, the more information you put in, the the finer green you can kind of slice the data so we we work with you we're happy to put as much data as you want but we don't require you to that's good and and i'm it's like one of those things where we know that it's that in that nine percent 
is where the biggest concern because it could yep. be nine percent is the total black population at your organization that's not right. using it that's right that's, to that's and very if that's fair. total percent or nine right. percent are the only women at your organization like yep. but right. that's after like years and years of looking at data and being like that's true oh, got it yeah. But as long as it, like, because we didn't even talk about the integrations, it's almost turning into, we're very curious, as you could tell, yeah, yeah. because we have <laughs> these things going in our organization. Right. This is a new concept and way of thinking about it. And so it's almost like we're like buyers. These are the questions <laughs> we would ask and want to know yep. as HR and, you know, DEIB and TA as we're looking as a, because we started as a perk. It's right. only, like I always say, it's only helpful if it's helpful <laughs> like it's only exactly a right it's a if perk, no one's right? using it or if it drops off after a couple of months or like like those are all the right. things that i looked at because i was the buyer for all this stuff for you know 20 years and everybody pitches you this will help with retention this will help with attraction and then you bring it in and you're like wow three percent of the team used that thank you mm -hmm. that was very expensive well, and if it's 2700 i know i'm not including it because right. i can't even think besides like YMCA. Right. Okay. I'm tapped out. Like, I mean, oh, no, I can't not 2,700, like, 27,000. 27,000. So like, like move the comma. Like, yeah, I right. know it's not I possible wouldn't do that. Right. I right. mean, is it possible? I, the things to consider and that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, and what the other like piece that we've seen that is super exciting and is one of those happy unintentional consequences is, you know, one of the alternatives to doing it this way would be a marketplace. Hey, we have a wellness marketplace. There's 20 things you could use. Go do it. It's going to get 20 to 30% utilization typically. It's going to be big boxes. So it's going to be big name gyms. It's going to be big name organizations. When you remove that and go back to wellness or family or whatever it is, and people start spending where they want, it all goes local which is so incredible because your team is in various locations all the money you're investing in them is then being spent in their local communities which then supports them from the base up as well which is just way more interesting to me than helping you know amazon make their next trillion dollars like not that we don't all spend money there but there's other folks that i'd also like to make sure get access to some funding you know, I think that, you know, obviously Jackie is speaking from Waco and I think that's one of the challenges. And I would assume it's in certain countries, it'd be the same thing of, oh, hey, focus on wellness. Okay. Right. Well, what does that really mean in whatever place? Right. Um, right. And, and so I think that that's also interesting of, you know, you can go get a membership to uh, an app or whatever that could help you with wellness. Um, so I think that's also just very interesting. But the other question I have, and it, it is kind of on the integration piece, is, is it just a flat dollar amount that is given to the employee period regardless, or do they have to like share a receipt or whatever it, you know, whatever it might be to actually get that money? And then how does that integrate with payroll or whatever? Great question. So one, it is not just automatically given to them. You don't need software for that. You can just do that through payroll. So why would you pay for software for it? They have to substantiate. So basically they have to they go spend their funds and they upload a receipt. That's actually critical because that's how you manage taxation correctly. So you can do both taxable and non-taxable things through our platform. We've got all the IRS coding in the background, so it's automated. Um, but you have to you have to show that if you just give cash to folks and put it on their paycheck, you got to tax it. So this is a way to really maximize that budget across companies as well. And you want the engagement. Like the whole point here is to get people to feel like you are supporting them and get them engaging, because when they do, that's when they're more likely to be retained. And so, you know, Google actually did a study on this on their own population. They gave part of their population, a little bit more cash. They give part employee perks and said, all right, what's retention look like over these two groups? And they found that the group that actually received things and felt connected to Google because of it, far more retained than the folks that were just given some more cash. She don't yeah. even see her pay stubs now. Right. Like out of sight, out of mind. I don't even know. It's a thing that I don't use. Like, okay, great. I got an extra hundred dollars. I'm paying for, you know, I don't know, groceries. Right, right. It, it, it is just an interesting concept because I think that's something that, well, A, to your point, and obviously as a CFO, you know, a former CFO, you get it. Like that would be the biggest challenge. And that's always the biggest challenge with a lot of HR um, initiatives is, you know, getting finance on board. Um, the other question, you, you mentioned utilization a few times. And, and, and one of the things that I have found with, you know, 
pretty much every benefit there's a couple different things that happen it's the i didn't even know we had this benefit mm -hmm. or you know different things that come along and so how do you publicize it how do you share it with the team and how do you keep that ongoing engagement so right. it doesn't taper off right so we handle all that it's all automated in the software because that is one of the biggest things you go into companies there's usually a big wiki page of all the different things that you have access to you see it in onboarding and you never look at it again and if no one's engaging with it even really good great stuff it's not a retention tool so the software is actually automated to do all of that there's usually one email that hr might send out that says hey announcing this thing you're going to see an email and we take it from there. So we have, you know, over the last five years, tested out frequency of notifications. We don't want to spam people, but we want to make sure that they're using their funds. And what we find is that organizations usually hit 70% utilization in the first month, and then it goes up to about 80, 85, 90, and it stays that way. We still have our first ever customer on the platform from January of 2018. Like we've got a lot of customers that are on their third and fourth year because they just keep seeing that high utilization. It doesn't drop down over time, which is something that I watch because if people are not interested in it, we're doing the wrong things. Right, absolutely. And I, I guess that kind of goes to my my next question. How did you come up with this? So, you know, kind of yeah. backtracking to sure. probably where we should have gone at first, but how did you come up with this idea, this concept? Sure. It was a lot of screaming into the void as a CFO, <laughs> where I'm like, I've got people in 12 countries. Every single person's walking through my office because I had an office at the time, wanting something different. All I do is say no. I feel like a horrible person. They're asking for reasonable things, but I, if I do this for you, I got to do it for everybody. And then nobody wants that thing. And like, I was so frustrated that I was like, all right, the employees are not wrong. This is their compensation and it should be personalized for every single one of them. But I can't operationalize that like HR and finance are the two smallest teams in any given company. So how do we make it work for both? And it's like, all right, operating on the we need personalization, but we also need those outcomes like HR needs those outcomes, because otherwise, what's the point? And so it was walking that fine line. I waited for somebody to build it for a few years. I was talking to HR leaders and CFOs going, oh, my gosh, would somebody just build this thing? I tried to get a few engineers to just build it for me. And finally, it was like, I can't build another company to scale if I don't have this because it's a critical component of compensation and I need it to exist. And so decided I turned 40 and said, tech with it. I'm out. Like, I'm going to go build the thing. I'm glad you built it. And as, as Katie mentioned, you know, I live in Mayberry and like there's never anything ever here. Right. Right. And even in those communications where I've gone to meetings and they're like, what's your favorite thing at? Trader Joe's or Whole Foods. I'm like, I don't have either one of those. Like, oh, right. what's your favorite thing? Right. It's like, I don't have any of those right. things. And it I don't want to. It sad that you don't right. have a Trader Joe's. Doesn't I it know. make you sad, Amy? People yeah. are like, I'm not, oh, your, I'm not a Trader Joe's fan. Oh, no. Oh, okay. I'm not a <laughs> I bet you Amy would love H-E-B, though. Would mm -hmm. love H-E-B. It's Texas greatest. Yes. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know it either. <laughs> So, yeah, but I mean, that's the thing, like with COVID, like there were things that were already breaking beforehand, but with COVID, so many people scattered across the country and teams got so distributed and then people started hiring in all these different communities, which is fantastic. It actually helps us build more diverse companies when you can hire from everywhere, not within a 20 mile radius of an office. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be able to support those people wherever they live with whatever access they have, this is a way to do that without having to prescribe, hey, we have 24 hour fitness. And you're like, great. The one that's closest to me is 40 miles away or there isn't one. And so making it just much more broad and inclusive. That's fantastic. So as you look at the future of this organization, like what are the things that you're excited about? What are the things that uh, you know, you're going to be working on what's on your roadmap. So things that we're thinking about, especially in this down market, is how we help companies really consolidate tools. It's really expensive to have a bunch of different types of tools. You're paying for each individual one. So we have a couple of things up our sleeves. I can't announce it yet, but to consolidate some of that. So we already have rewards and recognition and the employee perk stipend piece in our platform. We have another key kind of component that's going to significantly shrink finance budgets, which is just 
when you're in a market where you're like, I need to do this thing, but I have no money. That's what we want to help companies do. You still have to retain your people. You still have to attract them. But now your budget is really small. We want to help those companies because we understand that it's really hard to compete against big companies who have reach everywhere now. We want to help smaller companies be able to do that. Very cool. I, I, I think it's great. I mean, I think it's something that every organization could use this. And I, I, I think, you know, obviously we focus on DEI. We focus on, you know, how do we create environments that are inclusive? And I think having a tool like this, it's not just a, oh, hey, we care about you as an individual, but here's a way that we do. Here's a way that we can actually demonstrate that we're looking at the specifics, whether you're in Waco, in, you know, in Phoenix, wherever you are, there are things that you can use with this platform right. that I think it's great. Um, that's can I can I double click on that point for yeah. a second? That's something yeah. that was one of the core pieces that I was looking at as we were building this. Like, I don't think most organizations want to be homogenous. I don't think they set up to say, hey, we want to exclude people, but they started out with a certain base. They're paying those people a certain amount of money, and then they're adding benefits to keep those people happy. And then you attract more people who like those same exact benefits. And it's this never ending thing where, of course, you're not spending money on people you don't have. But how do you build that environment? This is a way to actually do that. You don't spend more money, but now you can broaden your reach. So it kind of wins for both finance and HR, because that was one of the things where I'm like, look, all of my prior tech companies, I was not a founder. Like they all looked like every other tech company, 80 to 85% white males. And I was like, okay, yeah, you wonder why women, you know, moms in the suburbs don't want to commute in. Like, look at the benefits that we have here. It's happy hour at six o'clock on a Friday. Uh, I won't be there either. Like, what are we even doing here? This is a way to actually support all kinds of people at different stages of life, different, like all of those things without having to prescribe it. Like that's the piece, get HR and leadership teams out of prescribing how people should live. Welcome change agents to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission, that through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts. I think that's great because I, I think that is one of, I, so Jackie and I are very fortunate that both the organizations that we work for during the day are, are not that, that normal tech company. Um, and I think that's the thing, you know, when we, you know, when you think about starting an organization, a lot of times it's who are your five closest friends that you're oh. going to recruit to come and help you. And so, yes, it, it does oh. become very homogenous. It does. Um, and so, you know, that is something that it, it, we talk about this exact thing of benefits, not just being for the people that are in your organization today, but who are you recruiting? Who do you want? Right. And, you know, I think the, the folks that are coming into the workforce now it is something that we have to keep up with. What are they wanting? What are they needing? What would be helpful? Right. And it's shifting. And, right. and I'm not someone that believes in like the generational, oh, that's so, so different. But I definitely right. think that just knowing that different times in your life, there are different things that you're looking for. Right. Um, I, I just think it makes sense to have a tool like this that you can definitely adapt to who you want to recruit and, and right. advertise this as here's who One, we're looking for. It can follow people on their journeys. One of the women who started the company with me, she started out, she was using our wellness stipend for 5Ks, you know, running shoes, things like that. And she got pregnant and all of her benefits shifted over to prenatal vitamins and classes and things like that. And then she had the baby and it shifted again. I didn't have to do anything she could manage her own journey. I didn't need to tell her, oh, now you have to use this for X, Y, and Z. It made it seamless for her without changing anything on our side. And that's That's been part of why, like from day one here, we wanted to build a diverse team. We're 50% female, 40% people of color. Like that is something we're in 12 different states. Like 
you need to have tools to support people if you want that type of organization. If we just did everything for me sitting in Boston, you know, I'm, I'm literally the only one sitting here now. There's not going to be much of anything for anyone else. That's great. Like, I, I think it's one of those things that as we continue to evolve, and especially in this remote environment, it makes it, it just makes sense. So uh, that is awesome. So um, I would love to know, you know, when you think about the organizations that are utilizing this, what is the like, what's what are the industries? What are the groups that are attracted to this and really focused on this? I would assume tech, but uh, what else, you know, what other groups are using this? So it's been really interesting tech, obviously, because I mean, they've got a familiarity with perks and understand that that's a core tenant. Um, but we find a lot happening in the Midwest now, and we find a lot in the deskless space. So uh, we've had three hospitals sign up in the last month because they're trying to figure out how do I retain nursing staff? We are struggling. We need to support folks. They're not behind a computer. Like, how do we manage that? We've got lots of construction and, you know, manufacturing facilities. So it's groups that are like, if you were struggling to retain, you got to figure out a way to do this on a budget. And you find those industries who have never had employee perks are figuring out like, okay, we're not going to do what the tech companies did because I mean, yoga in the back office for like a construction company just doesn't make sense. They're all on site. So how do we do this in a way that's relevant for us? And so we see a huge movement in the, in the deskless space right now, but it, it cuts across. I think we've got 17 different industries we're working with at the moment. You know, I always, I, I want to ask, you had mentioned about what was going on within your, your initial team and the demographics of your personal team. So how many people of color are on your executive board and in, in your executive team? Oh, this is a favorite question. I have no white guys on my board. So I like our, white guys. I married one. I can keep them <laughs> yes, for the rest of my but, life. <laughs> but every every venture backed board is I, if there is a woman, it's me. And so because as a founder, so our board is actually right now it's 50 50 male, female, uh, myself and another white woman and two men of color. Um, and we're adding another um, board member right now. And it's a woman of color. So that's our demographics on our board level. It starts at the board level, right? So if the board is not diverse, the leadership team is not going to be diverse. Like it has to start and then flow all the way through the organization. Well, I think it starts internally. And I always ask anybody who's gonna be like, come on and say, oh, well, we're 40%, you know, people of color. I'm like, okay, where? Tell right. me, right? Because right. that's not, I've heard that my whole life and the problem isn't getting better. So Agreed. it's important to understand when you have those people, are they earning 40% of the income that's coming into the organization? Are they making 40% of the decisions? Otherwise, we're at a flat line. On, I, on I totally hear you on that. I 100% right? agree with you on that. Yep, absolutely agree with you on that. So it's something that uh, we don't have a super tiered organization. We're earlier stage. Right? So the, the board is all, you know, I'm like between women and people of color, like, so it's got diversity there. Leadership team is also, uh, so it's, uh, so it's one person of color. And then you've got, it's, uh, I think what 60% male, 40% female as well. At least it's like on your radar, you know? Oh, hundred percent. It's like, I, I think I, about it constantly. Always, like I'm always calling people out on that. Yeah. I'm just, like, I appreciate that. It, you know? So it's like, yeah. It's like all the junior people are. are I'm just know, mad because I had to publish all my numbers, so I'm just yep. going to make everyone do the same. <laughs> same I, I'm 100% here for that. It's something that we think about. So as we hire, like I want to make sure that we're representative of our customer base, which is a very diverse customer base, and so we have to have that diversity um, around the table. Otherwise, we're not going to make great decisions. And, and so it's we, important for other people to hear it, like 100%. our audience, because so many people throw those things out so much that it doesn't mean anything to the yep. receiver of it unless right. we can back that up right with with something right 100 so i appreciate you taking the question of course happy to so the the way we like to end each uh of our episodes is by asking what is the the one thing or what are a, a couple things jackie always does a couple things uh, that things. you would like our our listeners to hear or to know about um about comps about yourself about kind of what you all are working on sure so a couple of things one 
if you're thinking about employee retention, which is what a lot of companies are focusing on in this next phase, you got to figure out how you meet every person where they're at and then figure out how you do it at scale. We're one of the ways you could do that. There are others, of course, thinking about flexibility of where you work, when you work. That is obviously a big one as well. Um, and so thinking about that. Uh, thinking about how you support a diverse team, obviously very, very important um, always, not just in this environment, but always. And so how do you think about compensation? So not just looking at salaries, especially with the pay transparency laws that have come out, people are getting more transparent on the salary side, but benefits can pick and choose. And that's not part of that transparency. So how do you think about that and making sure that you don't have pay gaps in your organization and have a lot of um, inclusivity there as well? Uh, and then making sure that you have tools to support all of it, you know, to make sure that you can support a diverse environment and people all over the place and that everyone has equal access. Those are all things that we're thinking about. Awesome. Jackie, what you got? The first thing is like, quit trying to make this so freaking hard on yourself, right? That's what I got the mm. most out of it. Like, I'm like, yeah, what are we doing? Like, I think right. I'm going to have like a meeting that's going to be like a full day of going over this stuff right when i could like just sign up and have like right do what you want to do and right. so i think that i think that's important like don't make it hard on yourself like right. it is worth an investment to allow people to make those choices that was number one number two we talked a little bit about it um and as a new like empty nester i forgot i didn't even think about like Oh, like my needs have changed. Like I totally want the six o'clock happy hour. I could end up pregnant, God forbid, but then I would want that to shift. But then my kids aren't home, right? But what if they come right. freaking back home? That's what I just thought of. What if they come home? Right. What if they need other things? Like, right. really, your life changes. And so make sure that whatever you pick, that it's scalable, right? right. And that you understand right. you use it as a benefit keeping in mind what your employees want. See, I told you right. it's like three. Well, it's the human things. experience rather than just an employee experience. It's thinking about your team as being humans who go on their own individual journeys. It's not just figuring out employee experience. We're not well. Buying. I always laugh and I, I said this the other day and you'll appreciate this. I always say he, people don't get into HR because they like people. And this guy said, you call them resources, by the way. And I was like, oh yeah, he's like yep. human resources. But right. But you do. We do ultimately right. care about people and we can right. treat them as adults and as humans. Right. We don't have to figure those things out. Right. Well, I like, think it's been unfair. It's just been tasked with it from forever. Like, what do people right? want? Like treating us like basically like moms that's at right. the office, which is ridiculous because right. I mean, that's I mean, I, don't I have children. Mom. I should not be making those decisions for people. Right. But you need to like take a step back and let HR actually focus on outcomes. This is where HR shines. What outcomes are we trying to achieve in as an organization and how do we get there rather than focusing on, oh, well, maybe we should use this gym or this student loan repayment. Like focus on what you're trying to drive with the team, the type of team that you're trying to put in place and how you support them without doing the picky and choosy thing, which gets back to like allowance and like, hey, nice job, you know, filing your paperwork on time, you get a little something like, that they may or may not want. Here's and a catalog don't call it allowance. That's oh, the grossest part. I never realized, I never put the like yeah. mom, parent, HR allowance. Yeah. The allowance thing I find pretty horrifying. And yeah, it's a common term. And I know that it's, you know, it doesn't, it's not intended that way, but that's what I hear. I hear like, I'm a five-year-old and I made my bed. Me too. <laughs> and I'm not making my bed, but I still want my $5. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I think the the piece that I'm coming back to as we're having this conversation is one that Jackie and I have had offline a couple of times. We recently were at uh, an HR tech conference and there were um, like a multitude of like really cool tools and really right. cool things that you could do for your employees. But I was like, who would manage all of this? Like, right. how would you manage? Like, there's just right. no way. Right. And, and I'm a team of one in HR, right. so I absolutely cannot. Right. And so to have something like this, where it is kind of a, a touch of a button, if you will, and you know yeah. your employees can access this stuff, that's huge. But I think the other piece is something that you said, um, it's not just about the people that are in your organization, it's about the folks you wanna recruit. And yeah. I think that's something that Jackie and I always come back to is, 
who is not around this table that needs to be and and how do we create an environment that's inclusive, create an environment that folks can be productive do great stuff and having something like this that they can decide oh i want to you know i'm in this role today but i want to be in that role in six months so here's right. how i get there learning wise or hey i want to go start working out because it's january and i've decided i'm gonna you know turn over a new tree um you know those are the things that you can do i'm gonna go get a peloton bike or whatever whatever it might right. be um and so i think some of those are just like it's just a great way to offer this stuff to folks in the right way mm -hmm. um and and i truly from the bottom of my heart deeply appreciate that the payroll piece and the tax piece oh god that has to be there <laughs> otherwise like yeah, figuring yeah. out taxes on this stuff uh -huh. figuring out the inner like it cannot be like hr has no time for that <laughs> yes well like, and i think it's no time. like so many companies now it's you're not in one state or in you know right. one location so right. you're high across the US, there's different, you know, rules and taxes yep. for every single, like I just, right. I have a San Francisco employee and I'm like, oh my gosh, they upped the the minimum wage again. And so right. right. I need to change all this stuff. So it just is, you know, all those things to, to keep in mind. But Amy, thank you so much for joining us. This was really informative and, and really great. And, you know, we wish you much success. Thank um, you. Yeah. Appreciate uh, it. Absolutely. Uh, this is Katie Van Horn. And this is Jackie Clayton. Bye. Uh, bye. We are gathered here today to give you permission to plan the wedding that you want. I'm Jessica Bishop. And I'm Sari Wienerman. And we're the hosts of the Bouquet Toss podcast. Today's couples have to juggle so many things from family expectations to outdated traditions and what's currently trending. So to make it easier, we're going deep to figure out why we do weddings the way that we do. So you can decide what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. You are cordially invited to subscribe to The Bouquet Toss wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. By the power vested in us, we pronounce you free to plan your day your way.